Hey everybody, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, so today, today is a long overdue podcast. Um, you might have noticed I've kind of been, been ignoring one of the biggest bear hunting states out there, which is the great state of Idaho. And uh, um, just for whatever reason, I've, I just haven't had a guest on yet. But uh, today I've got somebody really cool. Uh, we got Jeff Morris on the line. He's a resident of Idaho, and he does a lot of bear hunting there. Uh, he's on the pro staff of Batum 907. And um, yeah, how you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, good, good. Thanks for coming on. So uh, <clears throat> I was just talking to Jeff beforehand, and uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's been out. I, he's on the North American... Uh, bear hunters group and i've been following stuff online and uh i was like man i hope i didn't interrupt your your hunting tonight but <laughs> you know like you were saying the uh weather isn't too great there yeah normally i wouldn't plan anything in may or yeah. June other than bear hunting but right the weather's been terrible so yeah perfect timing yep <clears throat> exactly exactly yeah same here i was uh i was all sending out bear baits in wisconsin yesterday and uh yeah, it, um, it was not fun. It was like 38 degrees and raining all day, so it wasn't the funnest uh, baiting adventure I've had, but it's all good. It was fun, though. So Yeah, there's never a bad day in the bear woods. No, no, there isn't. There isn't. I looked at, uh, I got a friend who was out there showing me some spots, and he was, I was like, you know, we got to be crazy to be doing this, but this is actually a lot of fun. He's like, yeah, it is. So... <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> takes a special breed. It, it does. <laughs> it does. Yeah, you, you know it's funny. I talk to you know like people at work or whatever, and um, they'll uh, they'll be talking about bears, and um, they just think I'm nuts for for going out there, and they get all these images in their head, like, well, what do you? They're, the first thing they always talk about is like, what are you going to do if the bear attacks you or or whatever? And I just started coming up with stupid answers, like. Uh, I, I told him, well, you know, I've been thinking about it, and, you know, for bear protection, I think the best thing is I'm going to get a roaming gladius. That way I can slice the bears <laughs> if they charge me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot more creative than me. I always just tell him I bring my friend Tad, who's a lot slower <laughs> than I am. <laughs> that works too there's a few different strategies to go about that that's that's a good one that's a good one see i don't have any gullible friends so um well not that gullible anyway <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh cool <clears throat> well um so i want to talk to you a lot about nitty-gritty details about idaho jeff but before we do that um how about an Idaho hunting report? Um, what's the, well, you said the weather has been terrible out there, but how how's the bait action been? Well, I guess, when did you even, when were you even able to get baits in? Because I know uh, snow melting is a big thing there. Yeah, so we, we got a super late uh, snowstorm here for a couple weeks, and uh, it put down a lot of heavy, wet snow, mm -hmm. and it, prevented a lot of us from getting in when we normally would. Um, typically I'll be out by the end of April and have my bait set. Mm -hmm. um, and we just went last weekend, um, May 10th, 11th, and we could hardly get in through the snow still. Oh, so, uh, that was crazy to even see. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, but, um, uh, we got them out. A uh, few people got them out. They went a little bit lower, so they were able to get them out earlier. Okay. But just because of the the weather and everything, it didn't 
nobody's bait really picked up until last week when we started getting into the seventies for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's weird here in Idaho that people think about deer and elk and those types of animals, mm-hmm. you know, and they like it when it's cool out and, uh, some of the different types of weather, but bears seem to really love it when it's sunny out here. Um, the baits really fire up and yeah. the bears are a lot more active. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I see them in the fall. You start getting, uh, my, with my fall hunts here, you, uh, it starts getting cold and the bears, well, they tolerate for a little bit, but if it's cold consistently, it just shuts right on down. But yep. Yeah. So, so it's, it, it stinks because you only have a little bit of, well, when I say a little bit of time, you know, we close down June 15th is when we can stop hunting. I'm here for the spring. And, okay. but when you can't get out till May, you know, yeah. just, it, you're pretty limited. So right. Exactly. Now we have another storm and yep. it's kind of, hindering us but yeah we still go okay we just have to make sure we dress appropriately and <laughs> yep yep um <laughs> so i take a lot of kids and you're only as warm as your coldest kid basically so <laughs> yeah yep you have to make sure they're all comfortable <laughs> <laughs> exactly i want to get into this a little later but what's the youngest kind of kid you, or what's the youngest age kid you typically take out uh 10 10 okay gotcha. 10 years old yeah. It just changed a couple years ago here. It was 12. Okay. Um, but a lot of states are 10. And mm-hmm. So we kind of made a push in Idaho to get that lowered That's to get cool. more people involved. Yeah. 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 You know, I agree with that. Cause even I can remember as a kid, my, my dad was really in hunting too. And, uh, I was about 10 years old and, uh, I was like, dad, I really want to go hunting. I really want to go hunting. And I was trying to convince him to let me just go and pull the trigger anyway. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. You've got to be 12. <laughs> Cause it was at that, at that time it was 12 and, uh, he, yeah, it was like, but I mean, I kind of lost, I didn't lose enthusiasm, but you know, I, I feel like I could have been hunting for two years before that, you know, before yeah. I legally could. Yep, so for sure. But yep. Oh, cool. Um, so the baits were good last week, assuming they slowed down a little bit this week. Yeah. Yeah. These, these different weather patterns that come through these cold fronts that come through seem to push them, hunker them down a little bit. Okay. The baits really slow down. Yeah. Um, so it's, but we've had a few people, a couple friends that have already been able to harvest some bears and, okay. um, it's definitely by this time, in years prior, um, we would already have several, you know, people in our group that would have had some and mm-hmm. it's just been delayed, but gotcha. So gotcha. part of the, part of the game. <sighs> yep. Sure is. Sure is. So I assume you haven't seen any rod action or anything yet. Um, no, we have, they have been starting to pair up a little bit and, okay. um, on, on the game cameras. Um, Whenever a sow comes through, there's a certain sow. Whenever she comes through, there's always a couple boars right behind her. Okay, gotcha. <clears throat> so I think they're waiting. Yeah, yeah. When is when is like peak rut there in your area? The first week of June is when okay. it seems to be the hottest as far as that goes. That's okay. when they, if you put a little sow in heat down at the bait, yeah, they uh, they tear it up pretty good. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And the boars, you'll mm-hmm. start getting pictures of the, you know, if there's multiple boars, mm-hmm. uh, they'll, you'll get some good pictures of them fighting. Okay, cool. 
good deal. That's good to know. So you got you got a little bit of time anyway. So hopefully, hopefully the weather yeah, shifts yeah, by then. Sure. <laughs> hopefully it's not. I don't know what the temperature is there, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, but yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> I was gonna say hopefully it's not the 30s there in June. <laughs> yeah, it's like sometime I'd like to have a little bit of a warm spring or an early summer. Right. Exactly. Yep. Today the high is 54. Okay. So, <clears throat> it only got which is to, a bit chilly. Yeah, it only got to 40 here today. I, I started my wood stove today. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh, my wood too. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, cool. Good deal. So I guess on that, what uh, what region of Idaho do you typically hunt then? Uh, almost central, but a little bit south of that. Okay. So, um, I live out of Boise, Idaho, and it's that's southwest and okay um we don't have to go too far to get into the hills okay um, gotcha. i've baited as close as 35 40 minutes out of town okay and, and as far as you know four or five hours so. okay gotcha so so what unit so the four to five hours what units would those be that you've hunted before um up north units 23 24 um up towards Hell's Canyon a little bit. Well, I, I don't hunt in Hell's Canyon. I've never been in there, but um, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people, I just use it as a reference because a lot of people are familiar with it. But, yeah, yeah. Um, right, right, right up before you get to the Panhandle, basically. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Which, if you look at a map, most yeah, most people can't quite remember what Idaho shaped like, but <laughs> up top we have what we call the panhandle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. If, if anybody's confused about that reference, just Google it. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Google panhandle of Idaho. It's uh pretty, pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so good. Good deal. Well, cool. So you've hunted all over. Do you always jump around or do you tend to, stick in one general area i mean i don't want you to name it the unit you hunt right now or anything but you know yeah no for sure it's uh i i've had a lot of fun i have one really good spot that always produces a lot of bears and okay um, what i do is i'll set a bait there but then just for learning experiences and to have fun and exploring different areas um we'll always pick a new spot and then go set a brand new bait every year where we've never been we don't know anything about Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it really kind of helps educate you and what you think, you know, compared mm-hmm. to what actual happens. And, uh, yeah. so, you know, we'll just look at a map and a topo map and kind of pick an area and, and, uh, see if we know what's true or if we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's good advice right there because, um, I bounced around a lot, right? And to, I mean, just within, I mean, even the state of Michigan, I bounced around a lot. And um, I almost never hunt the same area twice. I do have one spot I like to hunt, but I bounced around a lot too. And, and yeah, you'd learn a lot from that. Like last year, I kind of gambled and took a chance on a area that was totally like not something I typically hunt, but I was like, maybe I'm missing out on something by not hunting areas like this because there's bears here right now. So maybe I could try you know, and hopefully they're there for season. And, you know, I learned, I didn't get a bear last year, but in, in, you know, but I learned from that because it's like, oh, okay, well now I know, <laughs> you know, so you, but you never, yeah. you don't learn if you just have one. Cause, um, 
I had this one great spot that I sh I've shot three bears out of. That's the only bait I've hunted consistently. And uh, <clears throat> let me think. Um, yeah, like it was just a killer spot. And I thought, oh, yeah, you know, if I just do this, all these spots are going to be like this. And then uh, they aren't, you know. And so you learn, okay, well, what was great about that spot versus other ones? So, yeah. Right. They're just areas that, for whatever reason, hold more bears. Mm -hmm. And until you figure that out. Yeah. Um, you just, you can have a place that looks identical mm -hmm. and, and then you set a bait out and it won't get touched for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then you have to kind of go back to the drawing board and yep. figure out why. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> exactly. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I, I've learned a lot from doing that. So it's definitely good stuff. So yeah. It, when you have an area that is already established and you've been baiting it for years. I mean, mm -hmm. there's times where like this year we get in there late yeah, and the bears are already there kind of waiting for food. Yeah. I mean, you've got tracks and there's, there's all kinds of sign and that, that helps you learn that spot. You know, each year you get a little bit better. and You adjust the tree stand here and there, move the barrel, a tree over, you know, depending on what the winds are doing that year or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you can really dial in one spot, but, overall you're not you're not really learning different bears yep. you're just kind of learning how to hunt those mm. ones and yeah exactly. um, both of them have their challenges i For mean sure. it's certainly not easy even at an established site because those sure. bears are also learning you exactly uh, you know those older bears will come and look up in your tree stand yep. before they get out of the brush and yep. they know you're there <laughs> exactly so, yep. yeah and, and not like that that spot i was just telling you about you know the third year i hunted it um the first two years, I mean, were just slam dunks. It was, I got a bear opening day both years. And, um, the second year or the third year, I'm sorry. Um, it was like, they, they figured me out by then. And there was a couple bears by the end that they, they actually, cause I had my tree stand even in the same spot generally mm -hmm. as I did the previous years. And all of a sudden their tra trail changed. And they were coming out behind my tree stand, and uh, <laughs> and and the 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 mature bears on that bait site figured me out and got me and wouldn't come in during the day because of it, you know. So yep. <laughs> it was like really, but yeah. So it definitely has yeah, its challenges that, for sure. Yeah, they'll they'll teach you a good lesson. I what I call my honey hole. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of had the same experience. I only set up there because. I elk hunted there a lot and, uh, I kept seeing bears. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I'll just put some bait out. And so I, the next time I went up, I brought up my bait tag and my bait barrel and, um, chained it to the tree. And I put it exactly on a tree that where I kept seeing a couple different bears. Okay. And sure enough, those two bears showed up immediately. Yeah. And then other bears started showing up. Well, first couple of years, it was the same thing. It was like a, I mean, you were guaranteed to get a good bear there. Yep. And uh, next thing you know, they're just, they, no matter what happened, they wouldn't come in while I was there or anybody. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we left, and it doesn't matter if we left at seven at night or 10 at night, <laughs> the bear was there 15 minutes after I left. And so it was like, you had to, you're like, okay, well, clearly they know I'm there and they yep. know when I'm leaving. So they're hanging out somewhere between me and the, the truck, yeah. you know, and it was, it was about a mile walk in, but, mm -hmm. um, so I, I, we played a trick on them one day. I brought a friend 
and he got up in the tree stand with me and about an hour before dark i told him to get out of the truck or out of the tree stand and walk to the truck and start it up and drive off uh-huh. and and it worked like a charm that bear <laughs> it, my buddy wasn't even to the truck yet and the bear was coming in and so it was at that point it was like the turning point where it was like okay you actually have to hunt these things and you have to 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 evolve around them because yep. they're changing you exactly. know with you yeah so <laughs> that is cool that's cool <laughs> oh yeah i you, you talk about that and i'm thinking about uh um this year one of my one of my fall hunts or one of my fall stands that i set up yesterday um it's my buddy has hunted it previous previously and he's had he's almost got it down to where we, we've got this crazy plan to where how I'm going to have to walk out and stuff so that we don't spook the bears coming in. Cause if they, they wait on the trail that you come in. And so if you don't, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, just the strategy that's going into this is like, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, you know, it's almost like, it's like tactical thinking, right? Like you almost, um, you almost have to look at it as like, you're not like out there with, with bear baiting. It seems like it, it's like, you got to think of it as a tactical thing. Like what are the tactics I'm going to use to get in there and complete the mission almost like almost like a military thing. Like, okay, how am I going to fool these things? And you almost have to think outside the box to get it done sometimes. So you can kind of get, you can kind of get into like, especially like guys that stand hunt a lot, you know, you can get the mindset of, yeah, I'm just going to go to the stand and sit the bait and the bears are going to come in. And and I mean, that kind of works sometimes, but you know, especially as, you know, bears figure out, you got to really start thinking outside the box. So that's cool. Yeah. We've, we've gone as far as, um, when we established the bait or when we set it out and then the first couple times we go there, we use the same trail over and over. And when, as soon as those big bears start monitoring that trail, we actually already have a backup route. Yeah. And so we will, we will come in to where, the wind is advantageous for us mm-hmm. and they'll be monitoring that other trail before they come into the bait yeah. and they think we're not there, but we've come in from a completely different way. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's uh, you know, you, you use the same trail over and over just so they will bust you yep. and, and then kind of lull them to sleep. And yep, exactly. So you let some of my friends think I'm crazy for doing it, but <laughs> no, <laughs> that's no, that's my a, favorite part though. Smart and the big one. Yep, exactly, exactly. Instead of they think you're getting complacent, but you're tricking them into being complacent. That's <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I was I was in the Marine Corps, and uh, a phrase we said over and over and over again is complacency kills. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Because they'll stop doing those big circles around the bait like they normally do. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they'll just start monitoring the trail. And yep, exactly. That's when they make a mistake. Yep. You know, and it's fun. I had a couple of years ago, um, I had uh, um, I had a really good bait site, but it was like way, way remote in this beaver, beaver pond complex, basically. And um, I took this long trail to get in there, and uh, there's really no other, I mean, I guess I could have been creative and came in a different way, but um, it would have taken me through where I thought the bears were bedding. And so, um, anyway, long story short, this this bait 
Um, I had a lot of trouble with it, and other people moved in, and uh, the bait, I couldn't get uh, this one bear to come out. And so uh, my buddy who runs hounds, he was like, hey, you know, I actually let the bait go cold because I was like, I'm done. This isn't working. And uh, he's like, hey, you know, if you want, um, you know, I can come out there and uh, run hounds off your bait and we can try to get this bear. I said, okay. So I went and restarted it up. I used a, um, a blueberry burn, one of the Batum 907 ones, and this bear came in like hours later. And uh, <clears throat> so we, that, net, well, it would have been two mornings from then. We set the hounds down and, and we took them as we were walking down this trail with them. Um, I, you wouldn't have known this unless you had either after season walked the trails or used hounds to check this out. But as we're walking in there, um, you have to go, there's like a pinch point between two beaver ponds and the, the dogs wanted to go veer off the trail before we even got to the bait. And we're like, and my buddy's like, I don't know if we should let them go or let's take them to the bait. Let's see what's going on. They might be just, you know, whatever. And so we walk in and we get to the bait and these, these hounds are just confused. They're wandering around in circles. They can't seem to figure out what's going on. And then eventually the, the older dog takes off back down where we came in and this trail went, it went behind my tree stand through, like it went behind, there's, my tree stand was butted up against a beaver pond and there was a, a line of like spruce trees right there. And the trail went behind this, um, beaver pond and then back down the trail and then crossed my uh crossed the entrance trail and was down to where this bear was sitting on this little like land strip between two beaver ponds and was watching and sniffing the entrance trail so it was it was literally watching me enter and waiting for me to leave <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like wow like this thing had me figured out you know and I wouldn't have known that yeah. unless, because unless, you know, the, the dogs had, had found it there and that's, they, they jumped it right there. So, <laughs> so that was, yeah, that's right where he's hanging out. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're crazy. I mean, they're not, they don't get that big cause they're, no, they're dumb. Exactly. Exactly. So, but fun stuff. That's what makes it fun though. Otherwise it oh, wouldn't be as fun. You know, it, it yeah, it really is. Cause if you didn't have these challenges of either finding new bears or trying to get the ones that you've already educated, then mm -hmm. it really wouldn't be nearly as fun. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my favorite part is outsmarting them. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So <clears throat> good stuff. Oh, let's see. What else do I want to talk about today? Um, got my handy dandy list here. Let's go back to Idaho, because nobody wants to hear about Michigan anymore. It's springtime. We'll talk about Idaho. Um, so something I hear a lot of guys, well, you know, I've thought this too, and um, I've actually planned out hunts to do this, and I've had a lot of guys reach out to me through the podcast and ask me for info or thoughts on this or tell me they're going to do this, right? So Idaho is, um, it seems to be the ideal um, thing for a non-resident to go do a do-it-yourself spring bear hunt because there's, you know, there's some units with reduced bear tag costs. I forget what the actual price is, but it's cheap, you know, for a non-resident bear tag. It's like, I don't know, don't quote me on the price, but it's like 30 or 40 bucks or something like that. Yeah. Like, I think it's $30. Yeah. It's super cheap. And in some units you can get two of them, right? 
And you don't have to have a guide. Yeah. You can just go and you can bait or you can do spot and stalk and you can just come and bear hunt there. And so um, the first thing I think is this sounds too good to be true. You Is there a <laughs> first question is, you know, especially these units that have like reduced bear tag costs and stuff. Is there actually that many bears there? Well, normally I'd tell you no, just because we want them for ourselves. Oh, okay. But, okay. Um, <laughs> no, I actually like, I like non-residents coming in. It's, uh, you know, it's good for the economy. It's, yeah. I go to other states and, yeah. um, no, they're, the reason that they do that is because there are so many bears mm -hmm. and not a lot of people hunt them. Okay. Bear hunting is funny. There's diehard guys that do it yeah. uh, in the spring. And then in the fall, there's people that pick up the tags. Mm -hmm. and just just in case they see one while they're deer hunting yeah and uh and so what the fish and game did was decided let's lower the the cost and uh, maybe people will get out and try it and i think it's worked because every year i get out i do a little bit of spot stock hunting as well and mm -hmm. i always end up running into people from other states and last year actually we ran into a kid from michigan oh, no, and really? uh he was on the same trail we were and um so we chatted them up a little bit and, um, anyways, and then the units. So every unit that has bears, uh, typically has a lot of bears. Okay. Um, so there's no quotas on them. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, the season is set and, um, they don't really monitor it that much because not that many people hunt and there's a lot of bears. And so, I see. um, and then the, the, uh, the units that have two tags, are typically reserved for the, the wilderness areas. Okay. Um, they're extremely hard to get into. A lot of times there's not motorless air, you know, there's non motor areas. So you have mm -hmm. to hike in or there's sometimes you can fly in and then be on foot from there. Okay. Um, but those areas typically you want to be there for a week or more. Mm -hmm. um, and because a very low amount of people actually go in there and there's a decent amount of animals, um, they decided to let you have two tags, uh, just okay. to help, help keep the population in check and kind of make it worth your while of going and having fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cause if you're going to go through all that effort, then you may as well be rewarded basically with a second tag. I see. Um, That's cool. So if they give away two tags in the unit, I can, I can assure you there's plenty of bears in that in that okay. unit, but it's also, you're going to have to work for them a little bit. I see. Okay. So, so if a guy wanted to do like, um, those units, right. Um, I mean, is it possible to, you know, for a guy that's generally in shape, I mean, not necessarily a ultra run or anything like that, but somebody who's generally in shape, um, is it possible for them to just hike in and set up a bait barrel and, and do that? I mean, is that a feasible hunt or do you really want to be able it to, is. Like, okay. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, the problem is, is if it's a new area and it takes a few days, you know, you better just have enough time basically I see. to let that bait, you know, soak for a while basically. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to give yourself four or five days and then, you know, put bait out and, and then, you know, on the last day they finally hit it, but you have to go home. So, yeah, yeah. um, that's fair. That's, that's the challenge of baiting when you're not from town. Of course. Um, yeah. or from from around here yeah. so what i've suggested to people in the past is give yourself a solid week 
Okay. And on the first day, put some bait out. You don't need to do a barrel and all that stuff. Right. Um, you just put some bait out. Make sure you get the bait tag from Fish and Game. Yep. They're very inexpensive as well. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can get away with some dog food or um, sweet feed. And, you know, you don't have to be fancy and mm-hmm. you maybe bring some Betum 907 with you because that doesn't take up a lot of room, but it's extremely right. efficient and strong smelling. And, yeah. Um, throw some of that out there and while you're waiting for something to maybe find that you know you can do some spot and stock hunting mm-hmm. in the meantime yeah you know and so that's what i always suggest is put something out but also do the spot and stock hunting as well gotcha. um, until something finds it and then if you happen to find a bear you know be ready to put a bait out somewhere nearby because it's usually if you see one bear in an area there's going to be several mm-hmm. and uh so if you throw a bait out, it's it's going to be worth your time. Okay, cool. That's cool. Um, on those wilderness units, um, do they? Is it feasible? To, I'm assuming it's feasible to spot and stalk them. Then yeah, they're very open. Okay. Yeah, we have a lot of open country. Okay. Um, and so it's it really is. Those are the best units to do that in. I see. Because they're you can you can get up on a you know, a vantage point and sit down with some binoculars and okay, that's start glassing and find them. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, I, I always picture Idaho as being open enough to do that, but you know, I never, I, I also know there's, you know, lots of forests there too. So I wasn't sure if those particular units were like that, especially as you get up towards the panhandle, you know, but okay. yeah, there can be, but, um, it, that's where Google earth is just a lifesaver. Yeah, I'm um, kidding. Because I always tell people, find those deep, dark timber areas mm-hmm. and then find a clear cut or a open hillside with green grass right next to it. Because that's yeah. typically where you're going to find those bears. Okay, gotcha. That's good to know. Okay, cool. So um, so basically when you're looking for areas, then that's... Is there anything else terrain-wise that you you know prefer with that? Or is it pretty much just you know some sort of cover next to open grass? Yeah, I I personally, when I'm spot and stalking, um, the areas I tend to gravitate towards are the rocky, you know, the slides. Mm-hmm. Um, the bears really like to dig around in those rocks for grubs or, you know, anything else that happens to be living in there. Um, okay. So we find a lot of bears that live in those transition areas from, you know, the rock cliffs into the, the slides that typically near those are going to be somewhere with some grass, you know, before mm-hmm. the timber starts. Okay. And, uh, those bears really like to do that That's and they'll cool. feed their way up in the, you know, in the morning time and, mm-hmm. and, uh, That's and then cool. hit the timber and, and then they usually reappear in the evening. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Now, do you like to set up high up or, or down low? You're well, well I, I, going I, back to baits, I guess. Do you want to set them up high or down low? I try to get, well, I always look at a map and a topo map, not Google Earth, but I'll, I'll look at a topo map and try and find to where there's a significant water source nearby, not a big river, okay. um, but not a seasonal creek or something. We have yeah. a lot of seasonal creeks to where it's, it looks like a legit creek, mm-hmm. but by June it's completely gone and those bears don't like those areas. Okay. They want to just be able to stay there for the summer. Yeah. Um, so I'll find a, a creek 
that always, as we know, with the thermals and everything else, those yeah. creeks will bring the scent up and down that canyon. I see. Um, yep. And it'll do all, a lot of that work for us. But I don't set up next to it for several reasons. Um, but mainly, I'll get right up above one of those and I'll find just a finger and mm -hmm. put it right on those ridge lines. Okay. Um, so that then the bait will go keep, you know, the scent will go into that mm -hmm. drainage and then whatever's on the other side of that finger. So I'm trying to bait, you know, two different drainages. Okay. And gotcha. just depends on ease of use, how to get there. Mm -hmm. um, if I can get it up higher, I will. But really, usually it's thicker down low. Yeah. And the bigger bears tend to stay low. Mm -hmm. um, the younger bears will be up higher. And so I'll... I'll I like to be up higher just because the scent at, in the evening time is a lot more predictable okay um, as far as you know as soon as it starts getting dark those thermals will start sucking down and yeah um and we can always bring the bears up uh but it's just kind of sometimes it's just not physically possible to get you know where you want so mm -hmm. but yeah. i i do prefer on a ridge line for sure okay gotcha whether it's and the elevation on that ridge line i don't i don't stress about that nearly as much as what's what's around me i see okay cool that is good to know yeah because i've always it, it's it's cool to talk to you because i've i've i haven't i'm not planning to do it you know anytime this year or anything like that but i've, I've planned out a do-it-yourself idaho spring hunt like this and it, mm -hmm. it's cool because i'm I, all these questions that I've thought like, okay, yeah, should I go up high or, you know, does water matter? And it's cool. Yeah, this is good. So, um, cool. Now, why don't you like to, you said you don't like to set up right next to a creek. Why is that? Just because of the thermals or? Well, it, one of them is sound. So the advantage of being next to a creek is those bears won't hear you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't hear them. I see. And I'm just, I, my senses are always up when I'm sitting in a bear stand, whether I'm in a, on the ground or in a tree. Okay. Because most of the time those big bears walk around the forest like they own the place because mm -hmm. they do. Yeah. And <laughs> they'll, they don't mind if they break the logs and, you know, they'll swipe at old logs and stumps to get the grubs and the ants out and stuff. Yeah. And they, they make an extreme amount of noise when they think they're by themselves. Yeah. Um, and that I think that I also personally think they do it just to let other bears know they're around and, you know, to alert them. And if you don't hear that and you don't, you're not paying attention, that's when those big bears will show up and they'll be, you know, right behind your stand and you're caught, you know, you can't grab your bow, you can't draw it back. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of, you know, there's lots of reasons why you want to be ready when those bigger bears show up. For sure. And, so I like to know that they're coming. I know I can be quiet and we can keep the kids somewhat quiet. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I just, I just don't like when things appear out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, Cause it kind of puts us at a disadvantage, especially with kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. They take a lot of work yeah. as far as getting them ready and kind of coaching them through it and sure. everything else. And I just want, I want to be able to say, Hey, Every time I hear them over here, they're usually here in about 10 minutes. So let's grab your bow, let's get ready, mm -hmm. and let's be real quiet. Yep. 
So that's that, that's the main reason. Um, the wind and the thermals are usually fine down in there. They're they're predictable usually, oh, but yeah. um, it's in Idaho. You have to stay a couple hundred feet away from water. Oh, okay. um, from year round water. Yeah. Um, so you can't bait right next to it anyways. And, yeah. Um, yeah. That's and it's fair. typically thick down there by the mm-hmm. by those little creeks. There's a lot of willows and yeah, um, it's super brushy. <laughs> and that's the other reason I want to get just far enough away that if you hit them with a bow and they go a hundred yards, two hundred yards, but yeah. you're not down there at nighttime on your hands and knees <laughs> trying to make it through that stuff and right. tr- finding a bear that you're hoping is it's, already expired. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> And you can't see them coming, you know, it, it, you don't have a lot of shot lanes for those bears that hang up, but they're within range. Right. Um, it's just too thick. So you find those timber patches right above it and there's no brush in those timber patches. So we'll get right, right inside one of those timber patches. And then you have wide open shoot shooting lanes. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Now, um, when are you know we were talking earlier about um like getting out there and getting the baits when you're able to get the baits out when when typically is the snow melted enough to get to the stands that you like to go to like to get a bait out i always say mid-may you're safe i mean there's probably places up super high Mm -hmm. um but the bears aren't going to be there yeah the bears don't in the springtime they're there's no vegetation, there's no elk or deer calving, yeah. there's there's nothing there. So I don't even worry about those, you know, above 6,500 feet, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we hang out in that 4,000 elevation, typically, four to 5,000. And by mid-May, you should be able to get into those. Okay, gotcha. That's cool. So and some guys bait down at 3,000, and they're just fine. Yeah. It just depends on where you're at and everything. Okay. But now, do you, if you get down to 3,000, how's hunting pressure down there? Oh, it's a lot worse, okay. for sure. Gotcha. Um, okay. Because typically, you're a little closer to town, or it's easier to get to. And, I see. Okay. Um, I, I guess on that note, um, you know, with, the, you know... It, just the Idaho seem like a dream state to go on a do-it-yourself spring bear hunt. How is the hunting pressure in general? Is there, can you get away from people or is there bait sites all right next to each other or how is that, I guess? Well, people in general are funny. It's just Mm -hmm. like our salmon fishing and steelhead fishing here. Mm -hmm. Um, Bear baiting seems to be the same. If if somebody sees somebody hunting somewhere or Uh fishing somewhere, they assume, oh, well, that must be a really good spot. <laughs> and so I'm going to sit right up next to right it. by it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and uh, it, it's aggravating if you think about it um, sure. just at the surface because, you, you know, you probably work to find that area and do some work. And um, But at the same time, you set up to where somebody can see you from without having to do much work. And, um, yeah. And most people are new to bear hunting. Um, if you're not in that solid core of people that do it a lot and they're really passionate about it, every year you get new guys that hear about it and think I'm going to try it. And there's that element of, I don't know what I'm doing and 
there's somebody there. So that kind of makes me feel good that I'm in probably in the right area. Yeah. Um, and that's just one of those sportsman like things that you talk to them. If they're, if, if there's a lot of people setting up baits in the same area, it, the way it affects it is, is the bears will move from bait to bait to bait. Yep. And you'll have bears, but you just don't know what day you're going to have that bear because they'll go set up shop for a day or two at each bait. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's just no consistency at all. So with a little bit of work and just a little bit, you can move and you can, you don't have to go that far. You know, you get one more drainage over mm-hmm. and you find new bears. You're pulling in different bears okay. and it's, it's amazing. There's so much land in Idaho yeah. and there's so many bears that if you just put in that little bit of extra work mm-hmm. and all you really need to do is find that pocket, you know, that where there's no boots print in there, there's no motorcycle trail going to it. Um, there's just no reason anybody would be there. Yeah. And you don't have to go that far to find it. Mm-hmm. And you can be within a half a mile of 13 guys baiting, mm-hmm. but you're in the next drainage over and just a little bit, you know, above them. Yeah. And you're pulling in different bears. And then those ones do find you and they feel a little bit more safe because there's not quite the traffic there. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. And that's typically when they'll, then they start talking to each other and they're like, yeah, we had bears, but we don't have any anymore. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's, it happens in my area. There's guys who bait below me Mm -hmm. about a mile and they always try and get in as soon as they can, you know, April 15th. And, um, they'll have bears mm-hmm. and then I show up and, <laughs> and I, you know, I douse the hillside with my Batum 907. I love the anise oil, yeah. the, you know, I do the drip drag stuff. I do the yo-yos and the scent ball. I mean, I put scent out as much as I can. Yep. And then I fill my barrel with the stuff that they like. And, um, all of a sudden those guys, you know, you start seeing them, they're standing by their truck one day. Yeah, they just every year they say every year around the first of May, I can't, you know, our bears just leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always when we put our bait out. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. I couldn't agree more. I, um, <laughs> last year I was I was hunting in this area and uh, there's actually a, a guide out there. And I was, I was set up way closer to him than I wanted to. I had no idea he was out there. He, he set up after me too. So I was kind of bummed by it. But um, he, uh, he was like, yeah, you know, this year, I'm just not seeing the bears in this bait that I normally do. I don't get it. I'm like, what? And I saw what he was using and what, how much bait he was putting out and stuff. And I was like, well, I didn't, I didn't tell him this, obviously, but I was thinking to myself, well, it's because you're being outbaited. <laughs> I've got yeah. the best yep. attractions you can possibly get and plenty of them. And I'm putting out way more bait than you are. And so, yeah, you're not yep. going to have bears on your bait. They have no reason to go to your bait. For your, You're giving them a, a midnight snack, basically. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. smell very good. Yeah, not enough for them to even worry about protecting, you know. Bears exactly. like to lay claim over the bait. You know, the bigger the bear, the more they'll be protective of it. Yeah, exactly. If you don't make it worth their time, they're not going to care. They'll yeah. just keep moving. Exactly, exactly. So... Yep. So, well, cool. So, but and the, go ahead. the key to Idaho, I mean, this doesn't help the non-residents, but this applies probably anywhere that you debate. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the key really is, is it, 
it drives me nuts because sometimes, you know, you have these guys that are super gung-ho about getting into baiting and they ask all the questions and they ask all the right things and they do all the right things about scouting areas and, and everything else. And then when it comes time to it, they're super excited Yeah, and they go put out bait, but they don't put out a lot of bait. Mm -hmm. And then they think, well, I probably didn't put enough bait out because Jeff said to put out, you know, several hundred pounds of sweet feed and dog food and bread or donuts or whatever you can get. Mm-hmm. So they go back two or three days later and they add more to it and they want to check the game cam. Mm-hmm. And then it's the next weekend. So now you're about five or six days out from when you originally started. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's time to go check it in their mind. And they've basically never let that bait sit and let those bears get accustomed to it. Yeah. Yep. Even in the established baits, I like to give it a week of just put everything out, put enough out that it will last for at least two weeks. Mm-hmm. And my first two visits to that bait are going to be to hunt it only, not yeah. to rebate it, not to do anything. Yeah. It's just going to be to hunt. And I want those bears to not think that anything is any different. Yeah. Um, yeah. But people get excited. And then, you know, they're like, well, I had bears, but now they're not showing up. Mm-hmm. Well, because it was a new bait site and we, you know, we probably got bumped mm-hmm. when you were going in every couple of days to look at it. <clears throat> so, yep, exactly. Let them, let them get comfortable. Let those baits sit, let the bears establish their pecking order and let them get their, yep. their times down and grab that card. And, and then you can, you can learn a lot from just after that camera sitting on that bait for seven to 10 days, you can learn a lot. Yep. Yep. For sure. Like, uh, you know, with the, the States that I typically hunt here, um, there's like a mandatory, you know, there's a, there's a baiting season right before you can actually hunt. There isn't just go right. You, you can bait up to, well, <laughs> Wisconsin, you can bait right now, um, for a September hunt in Michigan and Minnesota, you don't start till August. Right. And, and so you're like, you have time to actually, uh, even though you're going to bait more frequently then you know, you're, I mean, you don't have to go, you know, every few days or whatever, but a lot of guys do. But then the nice thing is, is that you have time to let that, the bears get used to that bait. And that's something I tell people with, you know, do I have to bait the whole time? I'm like, no, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to start baiting, you know, in August for a September hunt, but it sure does help and let the bears get used to the fact that there's bait there and plus more bears find it. And, you know, so that's, you, I definitely would not recommend anybody to, you know, go set up a bait, you know, a week before you're planning hunting, <laughs> you know, especially a new bait, right? you know, just right. not good advice. No, not, not if you have the means to, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, it, the, the guys who come here and visit, mm-hmm. you can, you can only make do with what you have and yeah. the time you have. Yeah. Um, but for, if you're baiting where you live, then just, you know, have patience, let it, let it be because those bears will naturally, they'll come in, you know, when yeah. those baits are established most of, or when they're, when you put them out, they'll come in first and be like, wow, this is awesome. And they'll eat for a solid day or two. Yeah. And then they think, you know what, I'm not starving anymore. Mm-hmm. And this is, not natural. Um, <laughs> so then they, they start getting more timid and the more bears that show up, the more that they're kind of on the lookout for each other. And, yeah. um, you'll have these, these times where you have, you know, 
the first couple of days you have several bears show up or, you know, a few bears show up and then all of a sudden there's bear, they're just sporadic for a couple of days. Yeah. Well, it's cause they just ate way more than they needed to and they're not hungry and they're just hanging out kind of waiting to see what's happening with that. And then they start coming in, you know, for the every day and they start kind of establishing that, that schedule. Mm-hmm. And, uh, once they're comfortable, you know, once you get those pictures of those bears where, you know, the first picture is just the nose and the next picture they're in the barrel, you know, and they're not hanging out and looking around. Mm-hmm. That's when, you know, you know, it's time. Those are the bears that are just going to come right in. Yep. Yep. That's cool. Yep. Definitely agree with that. You know, so I'm mean, trying to get my head wrapped around the season in Idaho. So does it actually, does it vary unit to unit there? There are units um, up north, up at the in the Panhandle that I believe closed the end of May. Okay. Um, there's units that are just a couple hours away up north on the way to the Panhandle that close uh, June seventh. Okay. Um, and it's ironic to me. I every year I try and get it changed because usually the more north you go, the more snow there are there is, and yeah you can't get into those units that quickly. And so it's, I don't understand why they close earlier than, than the ones down on the Southern end, but right. um, that's weird. But there are different, different units. Um, those yeah. wilderness areas that have two bears, a lot of times those actually close June 30th. So okay. you get extra time. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Um, so you can plan for that, you know, go the last week of June mm-hmm. because it may be hard to get in. Because a lot of times to get into those areas, you have to go over some sort of a pass, you know, a mountain. Okay. Um, you're not going to be hunting at 7,000 feet. Yeah. But you have to go over a, a pass at 7,000 feet to drop back down into that area. Okay. Um, so. When when do those that, typically open up then? Those, all all units pretty much open April 15th. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, when when like when would snowmelt be for that, though? Oh, well, so a year like this year, you, <laughs> it, different, different passes are obviously, you know, depending on yeah. their, which, which way they face and things mm-hmm. like that. I have a favorite area I like to go into the wilderness, and um, there's just years where it's just, Unless you can get your four wheeler over the the snow, you're just not going to make it in that year. Wow! Um, but there's other parts of the same wilderness area that are much easier. You know, the you can go through a saddle. You know, there's roads that go down lower and okay. um, put you into different. You know, the wilderness areas. Yeah. A very vast area. You can look at it on a map, and it's you. There's no. You have to just pick an area. Mm-hmm. You, you can't visit the whole thing. You can't. There's no way. Yeah. Um, so you have to find those areas where you don't have to go over the 7,000 foot pass and I see. to get there. Okay. Gotcha. So you, so those areas, you might not even be, be able to get into them till June then you're saying even. Right. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I plan to, if I plan to hunt around that, I definitely wouldn't come, um, you know, in early to mid May. I, I would wait. Okay. Fair enough. Makes sense. Okay, cool. So, on 
So I guess in the units that you typically hunt, then when is your favorite time to hunt? It closes June fifteenth, right? Yeah. Okay. So when when is your ideal time that like when so you start baiting, um, end April you said May. right early May yeah yeah, yeah. so, so yeah you start so then. we can't bait Go we ahead. can't bait before the season opens and okay. it opens April fifteenth okay um so so if we get our bait out the last week of April you know and I let it sit for the week it puts us into early May as before we're actually hunting it okay um. My favorite time to hunt is the week before the rut and the week after the rut. So the last week of May is my favorite. And then the last week of the season, you know, the 7th through the 15th. Mm -hmm. um, when they're in the rut, all it takes is one sow and heat to come through the area, yeah. you know, and she draws all the boars out and yep. everybody's bait runs dry. You know, no, <laughs> nobody's got any bears. And, yeah. and it's because that's, that's just their instincts. And so... Right, exactly. um, I still, we still hunt it because sometimes you get that sow coming in yeah. Um, and she brings new bears with her, you know? And so you just, you, you still hunt it, but it's not my favorite time because it's very inconsistent. And when I take the kids hunting, um, I like to be able to just have some good confidence that we're going to at least see a bear just because it gets them so excited. Of course. So that week before, you know, they're still concentrating on eating, you know, and, and just pounding the food so they can start chasing the sows. And, mm -hmm. and then that last week of the season, after they're done chasing the sows, they're just back into that mode of just eat, 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 you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And once they're there, they're there. Right. That's cool. Okay. Good to know. And of course you like to use a little bit of Batum 907, uh, sow and heat scent too. Yeah, that seemed to work well for that. Yep, and nice. you, it doesn't take a lot. Um, mm -hmm. You don't want to overdo it because bears are—they have their pecking orders, and yeah. if you come in and douse the area with sow and heat, they're going to think that you know those boars that are worth shooting, yeah. but aren't the you know the the big mature ones yet. Yeah. They're going to think, oh boy, you know, this sow is <laughs> very dominant because she's, she's letting it be known how dominant she is. And yeah. they actually cower away and they don't show up to the bait because they're afraid that they're going to get, you know, kicked off. And so, right. um, but you put just a little bit out mm -hmm. and it intrigues them and they want to see what's leaving the scent. And it's a new bear because they've never smelled that one. And of course, um, you get them coming around, you know, they'll, you'll have game camera pictures and, bears will be walking through and they never yeah. stop to eat, but they'll come through in the middle of the day, just checking, 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 seeing, trying to find this bear yep. that keeps leaving her scent everywhere, but they can't find her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's my favorite. It really does trick them. <laughs> it's incredible. That's cool. Good I mean, stuff. the poor things, <laughs> a little false hope for them, but <laughs> where are you lady? Where are you? <laughs> but we're feeding them. So it's yeah, okay. Right. Exactly. Where are you? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a bear of a bear lady name. What would that be? I don't know. I don't know. Jane, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> Great. I, was, I, I was, always say we're cat, we're catfishing them. <laughs> 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 just like 
like my buddies that get catfished on, yep. on their dating site. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's all we're doing to these bears. We're just catfishing them. <laughs> that happened to me one time, too. I was a lot younger as before my, before I met my wife. and pretty, It was way too good to be true. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is a barrel full of donuts and a salad heat right next to it. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. There's This is the best thing ever. There's donuts and there's a lady that wants me. This is great. Yep. <laughs> yep. Why don't you ever want to see so. me, lady? <laughs> well, so that's, that's why I always say we're catfish. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I mean, uh, some of my friends would say we're doing them a favor by keeping them away from the real ones, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's possible. It's fine. Well, it depends. It depends. I've been married for boyfriend. twenty years, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my this this year is my tenth year, and uh, yeah, it, uh, maybe that, I don't know. that's the hardest. The yeah. hardest ten years are the first ten. The first ten. <laughs> it's all it's all downhill from there. That's. That's yeah. reassuring. <laughs> no, my wife's great. She lets me bear hunt all the time, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, so does mine. So does mine. That's why my buddies actually, they want to go with me a lot. And their yeah. wives kind of get mad at my wife just because yep. she's setting this precedence that's, <laughs> that's unattainable for them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So these guys make the mistake of saying, well, Jeff's wife. <laughs> that funny. doesn't go over that well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, my, my wife lets me, uh, she gives me a pretty good, um, I call it hunting capital, right? So I've got a pretty, I've got a pretty, um, pretty big hunting capital account where she lets me go hunting all the time. But here, here's, here's a little marriage device for, for folks. So <clears throat> the way I justify that is I don't do a whole lot of trophy hunting. I usually end up settling for a lesser animal in the name of bringing home meat. When I bring home meat, my wife's happy and she goes, okay, this is a worthwhile endeavor. You, you, you start saying, well, I didn't shoot it because it wasn't big enough. That bank account, that uh, that hunting capital account is going to go. Whoop. You're going to be overdrawn real quick. <laughs> You're going to be overdrawn very, very fast. <laughs> yeah, that I have, is completely true. <laughs> I have I have a lot of buddies that I work with or whatever. And they're like, man, your wife lets you get away with murder. I'm like, that's because I bring home stuff. <laughs> you <Yeah>. don't, because <laughs> you said that's that I, that deer wasn't big enough. Okay, if I said that... And then that, they think you're just doing it to get out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. you're just coming up with excuses not to be home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then then you have kids, and then, yep. then you have two reasons. Yep. You know, it's to go get some meat and, yep. and to take the kids to have fun. And Exactly. Um, they exactly. just can't say no to that. Right. Mine exactly. can't. Exactly. Yeah, my oldest boy is getting close enough. Well, he's going to be able to go out a little bit now, but um, not not hunt, but at least go out and like run bear base with me and stuff. So that's going to be a right. lot of fun. But, well, that's a There's perfect segue. There's nothing kids love more than spraying the, 
stuff around and throwing the yo-yos in the trees. Exactly, exactly. Speaking of yo-yos, man, you got you better start trending carefully. You might get canned selling a bunch <laughs> selling a bunch of Batum nine hundred seven products that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I have gotten in trouble lately. <laughs> Jess is my, I don't know if I call her my second wife or my second mom. Both, but, um, that is hilarious. I've had, a, I've had a good working relationship with her for, man, eight years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so now she sends me stuff to try out. Yeah. You know, it works and it's just awesome. And yep. so I put it on Facebook and, yep. and not thinking, you know, like... <laughs> this is just a test product <laughs> and people start just blowing up her phone with, Hey, I can't find fruity rebel yo-yos on your website, you know? And she's like, well, that's cause I don't have any. And well, Jeff has some. And um, then I get in trouble. Yep. I was like, well, now you better have some. <laughs> it's all right. I, I, I sold a bunch of, uh, of, uh, blueberry, um, what is that? What's the actual name of that town? The burn stuff. Uh, um, no, not field. Yeah. I, um, wow. I'm trying to blame. I, yeah, I think it's just the burn formula is what she calls her formula. Yeah. But she's got a name anyway. The, the, the burn stuff, the burn formula. Um, the, um, the no smoke burn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I told everybody I had this, I used blueberry burn and it worked awesome. Well, I, I got a bear because of it really. And uh, it brought a bear into a bait that should not have had a bear back on it. And um, <laughs> attitude adjustment, that's what it is. Attitude adjustment. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Whew. So I'm like, man, I might get canned now too. She's going to kill both of us. For... <laughs> I just call it the smokeless burn. <laughs> she listens She listens to all these too, so... <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking Sorry, to, you're, you're talking to two former Batum 907 pro pro staffers <laughs> i'm kidding um <laughs> uh, anyway um but uh yeah the uh what was i gonna say um yeah so i you know i was like yeah this stuff is awesome it's great and yeah same thing happened a bunch of people were like like hey i want that too and jess is like i don't make that <laughs> <laughs> Well, you better now. You better now. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a, I have a friend, Tad Sherman, that Mm -hmm. he, he uh, wanted some oatmeal cookies. He had gotten a hold of some cookie dough or something, yeah, to put out in our bait. And you know, he's like, Jess, this stuff smells incredible. Can Mm -hmm. you, can you get something that smells like this? Yeah. And and sure enough, she nailed it. I mean, she nailed it. It (laughs) is. It makes you want to eat an oatmeal cookie right there at the bait. Yeah. It's just it's crazy. And um, so he was trying to come up with lots of names and he was telling people all about it. And he's like, <laughs> it's not on the website. You got to call her direct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's, I mean, that's how bear hunting is. It's, that's the fun part to it me. It is. Coming up with these new scents and these new products. And when you find something that works, it's just yep. fantastic and you're excited and Oh yeah. I like to share that, you know, yeah. there's, there's exactly. something to be said for just helping out other people. And yeah, I like everybody to be successful. I hate, I hate seeing guys that don't, mm-hmm. that aren't successful. And I don't mean not kill a bear, but yeah. I want those guys to have those encounters where yeah. they, their heart was beaten out of their chest and yeah. 
they couldn't draw their bow back or, you know, there might've been something that happened that they weren't able to get one, but having an encounter with a bear at a bait is second to none in my book with hunting. And, um, that's why I like taking the kids because they, they, uh, and I don't mean just my kids. I take new kids every single year. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. It, a lot of them, it's their first animal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It, it's really crazy. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, so you take, you, how did you get into doing that? Like what, what made you start that? So we all go through stages in life, right? Of why we hunt. And, um, before you have kids, you hunt for yourself. It's, it's fairly selfish reason. You want to do it because you want the meat Mm -hmm. and it's a challenging thing. And, you know, um, it's just kind of, in us to hunt i think and um but then you have kids and um or you maybe have friends that don't hunt you bring them along and you start getting these other experiences where you have just as much fun Mm -hmm. but you're not the one hunting you know you're not the one shooting the animal and um i did a little bit of that i had several friends i got involved and um to this day phil my friend phil he he has his own baits and everything and but he was my first um, person that I got introduced into bear hunting and now it's like, it's all he does. And, um, Mm -hmm. anyway, so my son wanted to bear hunt with me from the day he was born, basically. I mean, he never wanted to leave my side. (laughs) So my rule was, and it was, it was, (laughs) it was, it was when you don't need diapers, you can come hunting with me. And, uh, and so, you know, of course, when he was old enough to figure it out, it, it helped him you know, yeah. my wife liked that because he, he was really quick to, to potty train. Oh, that's cool. um, so I started bringing him with me, just, you know, put the bait out and everything else. He loved the four wheeler rides. He loved everything. Yeah. And then when he got old enough to, you know, he was six, seven years old and he'd come sit in the ground blind with me. And I wouldn't rarely would we shoot bears just because I didn't, if they come in late, you know, you have a six year old and it, the logistics aren't that good. Um, and so, but we would go watch bears and he thought that was fantastic. And, mm-hmm. um, and if we happened to get a real early bear, I'd, even if it wasn't the one I wanted or the size, I would go ahead and shoot it anyways, just so he could be there to experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, as the years came up when he was a kid, you had to be 12 to hunt and his birthday is in September. Well, we have a fall hunting season. And the first thing he wanted to hunt was a bear. And of course I was super excited because it's my favorite thing to hunt. And uh, Jess was super excited about it too, because he was growing up, you know, she was, we we had had that relationship already where I was just texting her how bear hunting was going and Mm -hmm. you know, how, what, what stuff I was using of hers that was working and everything else. And Mm -hmm. so on his 12th birthday, we wake up and we go to, place called the pancake house it's in a little town in mm-hmm. mccall idaho okay. and we have this great big cinnamon roll and some pancakes and we go to the store and we buy a bear tag and we go home i may uh, well to to our cabin and i make him take a nap because <laughs> mm-hmm. i was like it's gonna be a long night yeah and so he takes a nap and then we i teach him all about the scent shower and Cause I'm a stickler on scent and mm-hmm. everything else. And so, you know, he takes his scent shower 
and you know, I give him the scent deodorant, even though at that age, he, he wasn't sweating that, you know, yeah. he wasn't quite to that stinky teenager stage yet, but, yeah. you know, just going through the motions and everything. And so then we drive to the bait and this is what I do every single time we drive to the trailhead to, to where our bait is. And, mm-hmm. and then that's where we change into our clothes that I've already washed and scent free washed and dried. And I put them in a garbage sack and tie them up and and then when we get to where we're going, that's when we change into them. Mm-hmm. You know, I just like to keep as little scent as possible. Yep. And anyway, so I'm, I'm going through the motions with him and we walk up into the, into the stand and I had two baits going in this area. And my friend Phil had, I had asked him, I said, you can go sit in the bait that we don't end up sitting, but if he gets one, can you come help us? You know, so we're not out too late. And um, so he agreed. And I, we had already looked at the game camera pictures and stuff and we knew which bait would be the best one for Taylor to sit at. And, um, well, Phil texts me, we get, we get into the stand at like five o'clock, probably we were excited. So it was probably four thirty, And, and so we're sitting there and at five thirty, I get a text from Phil and he says, I just shot a really nice chocolate bear mm-hmm. and Taylor's heart just sank. And, and, it, you know the feeling it's like mm-hmm. okay you, inside <laughs> you're like oh man did i make the wrong decision on what yep. bait to sit yep. is he even going to see one now what's going to happen and yeah but you see a you know this heartbroken kid he's been living his entire life for this moment right and and he's heartbroken but he's being strong you know because i yeah. always told him if you're going to be hunting you you know we can't whine we can't make noise and you know everything else and mm-hmm. And I said, buddy, we chose this stand because there was a really pretty chocolate bear coming into this one. It was coming in every single day at the same time. And we're going to have a good, we're going to have, we're going to get it, you know. And, you know, of course, inside you're like, I sure hope this is true and everything else. Well, right on cue, that bear had been coming in right after six o'clock every day. Mm -hmm. And right on cue, I look over and that bear's just sitting there looking at the bait from about 50 60 yards out and we're sitting in the tree stand that i always put up for bow hunting but taylor was rifle hunting mm-hmm. at the time and and so it was going to be an easy shot for <laughs> with the rifle yeah and of course when they're 50 yards out you could shoot it from there well this bear kind of knew something was up you know i i can always watch a bear and i can tell you exactly what their next move is going to be and mm-hmm. just from watching so many run off or sneak away you know it i it's just one of the things I always pride myself in is watching their body language. Well, this one just sat down and he was just looking around. He knew something was wrong, but he couldn't smell us. Yeah. And, and I, I said, Taylor, do you have a shot? Can you take a shot from there? And, and he said, well, I'll try. And we had already gone over how to shoot out of the stand, you know, use yeah. your elbows on your knees. And, and, and he was a very, he's always been a very good shot with his rifle. And mm-hmm. he, he brought up his gun and the barrel was shaking so bad oh, that no. he said, I can't see through the scope. Something's wrong. I said, <laughs> well, it's because you're shaking too bad. <laughs> I was like, just, just put the gun down in your lap for a minute. Take a breath. Just watch the bear, you know? Yeah. And he's just shaking. And he's mm-hmm. like, I've never been shaky like this before. And I said, well, that's because you've never been the hunter. You yep. know, it's <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and. And so I'm just watching him, you know, he's just shaking and, and, 
And I can see just the nerves in his face. Just, I mean, he is worried. And I said, you're okay, bud. He's, he's just sitting there. He's fine. He doesn't smell us. Yeah. He would have been gone by now. He's, he's going to come in. He's just going to be real, real weary of us. And, yeah. and so eventually that bear stood up and walked through the trees and he got, the barrel was about 18 yards away at that place. I can't remember the exact, but it was just under 20 yards. And mm-hmm. that bear got behind the barrel about five yards. So, I mean, he was extremely close and yeah. he was looking at the barrel and then he walked right past the barrel and walked right to us about, he was about halfway in between us and, you know, we're up in a tree and that bear sat down and he was sniffing and sniffing and started to you know look up at us and and i said taylor you need to shoot that bear right now mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he and he goes i i i can't see the heart and i said i said just wait for a second and he that bear lowered his head and and he i said okay right now from the top you know just straight down into the heart yeah and he shot and that bear just died right there. i mean it was so and and of course, I grabbed the gun because immediately Taylor just started shaking, yeah. just shaking. Yep. And But, I mean, he had the biggest smile on his face and, you know, he had a little tears in his eyes. And um, That's awesome. It, I was there like I had tears in my eyes. I was so excited because this was the best bear hunt. I had, you know, any of the bears I had shot, you know, my 19-inch bear that I had gotten a couple years prior meant nothing to me at that point. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I'd trade them all in for that feeling every single year. And cool. that was when I knew like, I've got to do this. This mm-hmm. is, this is now my passion is taking kids. I selfishly, I always say quote unquote, selfishly, I take kids hunting so I can experience that with them. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I took him every year since he's been a kid and, you know, he, he still gets excited, but not as excited. And, yeah. but then he had friends, you know, his friend Ethan, you know, he got one and, and he was the same way. And every time I took kids, it just, you had that feeling, that first bear feeling. You get it every single time just being there with them. That's cool. And the first thing they say was, that was awesome. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. And what better for, for your sport than to exactly. get other kids, to get the next generation involved. Yeah. And so I, now I, you know, I have a network of friends on Facebook and just through life and everything that mm-hmm. I know people who are capable of taking their kids hunting, but don't know how to. And then there's people who aren't capable, you know, monetarily taking their kids hunting or, you know, they don't have the resources or the equipment, but their kids, if a kid shows interest, it's, I just can't say no to them. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to take the kids that don't have interest. I don't want somebody forcing a kid to go or anything. Um, so I just invite them. I just say, Hey, do you want to bring your, your kid hunting? And, um, and of course, if they say yes and everything that I'm excited and every year, you know, there's, and I, I always just want, I just want the kids that they've never done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and mm-hmm. it just, there, there just isn't a better feeling than, than having that kid just freak out inside yeah but have them gather themselves and (laughs) that's cool. That's awesome. Oh, cool. That's cool. I I can't, I mean, my son's so young. Yeah. But I I can't wait to do that. That's pretty cool. (laughs) So, so how long have you been, been taking kids out then? How many years, I guess now? 
nobody's ever come back and said they regretted it. Oh, hold on. Uh, you there, Jeff? Oh, sorry. I think my headset just died. Oh, okay. No, no, no worries. No worries. So, so anyway. Yeah. No, you're um, good. Um, so, anyways, I. Yeah. That's uh, that's how it got started was just with my own kid, but I was I was a kid myself, and uh, that's cool. um, once I experienced it, I knew, of course, that I just that was my passion. Yeah. I do it with deer and elk hunting too. Okay, um, cool. How many kids a year? New do you hunters. Take? What's that? How many kids a year do you take then? Uh, two to three. My goal is three every year, okay. um, but like this year, the weather. Yeah. With us not being able to bait early enough, and then not, I'm not going to go take a kid and sit at a bait when it's 45, 50 degrees out and raining or snowing. Yeah. I just, um, there's times for them to learn lessons and, you know, experiences and stuff like that. But their first hunt, I don't want them being so miserable that they never want to go again. Yeah. They can do that on their second hunt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They have plenty of time in life to figure that stuff out. Yeah. I just want their first experience of hunting not necessarily you know to get something but to have an experience like that yeah yeah so this year it will definitely be two there's there's two kids that um for sure i'm we're taking and there's just no doubt that they're i'm going to do everything i can to get them a bear um one of them is very near and dear to my heart Uh, both of them are they they're both kids of good friends of mine but one of them is my a good friend, Larry, um, mm-hmm. he actually passed away while he was hunting last year. Oh, bummer. Um, Sorry to hear that. And, and his kid expressed interest in bear hunting this year. Yeah. Of course it was there. <laughs> that, 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 you know, a no brainer. I said yeah. this year and every single year from here on out, you know, yeah. and I'd hope my friends and I know they would, they'd do the same for me. Yeah. You know? So anyways, he's, he's first up and, um, that's going to be my main goal is getting him a bear and cool. teaching him how to do it. And because yep. his dad was just starting to get into it too with him. And, mm-hmm. um, and so now it's kind of my obligation to continue yeah. that and take him. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Well, by the looks of, uh, what I've seen on the North American bear hunters group page, uh, I think you'll get him one. <laughs> it looks pretty good. So, got a few coming in, so I think you'll do all right. Yeah, we we pulled the cards already from just, they had been out for a week, and um, we had two bait sites, and both of them are, are getting hit pretty good. But now it's just that it's the time of the year where they're still in school, and so now we're just playing their sports schedule and the weather mm-hmm. and finding that day that works for everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's cool until the by the end of may they're out of school and then we can go any day we we want yeah yeah that's cool good deal cool um let's see well we'll be going for a little over an hour here do you got any more time or uh you gotta get going 
Yeah, yeah, I got a little more time. My okay. my son's a huge Milwaukee Bucks fan, and he's been watching the game without me. So. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. I'll watch the fourth quarter. That's okay. that's where we find out who wins. <laughs> right, is that's that's the important one. Exactly. <laughs> cool. I won't keep you much longer. Uh, I thought of I thought of one thing while we were uh, while you were, we were talking about uh, your story there. Um, access to baits. Um, what's, you know, if a guy is coming to Idaho or if, uh, I mean, a resident hunter, what do you typically try to get there by just truck and then hiking in or do you four wheeler to, or ATV to, uh, spots or what's, or horses for that matter? What's a good way to get back into places? Yeah. So, um, in Idaho, uh, I believe it's 200 yards. I never get that close anyways, but you have to be, 200 yards from any road or maintained trail or anything. Okay. Um, so there's always going to be some sort of element of, you know, packing bait at some point. Yeah. Um, but some of the good places are, is there are four wheeler trails that are legal to ride on. And then you can, you know, take those real far to where you think people aren't going to go that far typically. Mm -hmm. And then, and then if you've hopefully pre-scouted a little bit of an area or something that looks good and then, um, mm -hmm. go check it out in person and, um, most of my baits that I do now is just, I fill the back of my truck and I drive up and then I park to the trail that takes me to where I'm going to bait. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's a trail trail and sometimes I just call it a trail, but it's, you know, I'm just hiking up the side of a hill or something. Okay. Um, so people do it of all different, my, my buddy, his bait is downhill, um, the whole time. And so he gets those jet sleds for ice fishing. Yep. And, uh, we fill those up and put a rope around them and, you know, just put them around our waist and we just drag them down the hill. Gotcha. And, uh, that's a real efficient way. Cause you can get several hundred pounds at a, at a time. Yep. Uh, I see one flaw in that plan though. You got to get the bear back up. <laughs> I remind them every single time we get one there, how we should never start going downhill. <laughs> I never like to start a, a hunt by walking downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, it's funny. a really good spot that that just one of those weird spots that you would never really think that's a great spot to hunt. But yeah. um, you know, you stumble upon those spots one way or the other, and. Mm -hmm. they just work and that's his honey hole. And, uh, so, but yeah, and my spot is, you know, I like to find those old logging roads that are closed and, mm -hmm. you know, they, they either rock off or put whoop-de-woos in the front of them to where you can't ride on them or anything. And, um, those are easy walking. So I, you know, and then you use backpacks or, you know, a game cart or something to haul everything in and, so I don't, you know, mine, mine will take four or five trips back and forth to the truck, but they're really pretty easy trips. Okay. Gotcha. Um, cool. And so <clears throat> it, there's so many different terrains here that I just like to find a spot that looks good for baiting and figure out the easiest way to get to it. I see. Okay, cool. So, but it, it would be doable then for a guy to drive in without an ATV though and be able to bait just from hike and bait in then he doesn't necessarily Ab they don't yeah okay, okay. absolutely the okay. we have lots of good backcountry dirt roads here that take you up and down the mountains and all around them and okay um for sure okay cool and then and then buy a couple bags of dog food or yep 
I always say sweet feet is a good one too. Yeah. You know, those rolled oats. Um, those are easy to put in a backpack and, and yep. walk. Yep. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I like to mix that in with, uh, other stuff too. Sort of like a, you know, that around here in the fall, they, they like that stuff, but it's not as, if you feed them just that, they won't hit the bait tons. So you either got to sweeten it up really good or I like to use, um, the sweet surrender that beta 907, yeah. that stuff that, that really helps with that stuff. But, um, yeah, you got to either sweeten it up really good or, or dil- use it as sort of a diluter to a really high quality bait. You know, if you mix that in with like nuts or something for the fall hunt, that seems to work pretty good. Yeah. And I've heard that, you know, the bears over in the East coast and around your area that they'll eat acorns and stuff like yep. that. Yep. And we just don't <clears throat> have those here. Yeah. Um, yep. So anything we put out, you know, the, the thing we have here are berries, yeah. but you're not going to find a bunch of berries to give them, you know, nobody's going to give you berries to put yeah. out for bears. So exactly. that's where we, we get creative and, you know, get the blueberry scent and the yep. sweet surrender stuff and we'll put it on the dog food. <clears throat> it's yep. just as good to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Do you, do you ever, can you bait in the fall in Idaho? Yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Do you ever, do it's, you ever, uh, do you ever hunt in the fall or no? I I haven't the last couple of years, um, okay. just because of time restraints and everything. Um, yeah, of course. But some of the biggest bears we've had and some of the best hunts we've had have been in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is, is because all the guys who do it in the spring are out deer and elk cutting. Okay. And they just don't bait that much in the fall. And um, to me, the weather is much more consistent. Um you know, it's going to be a little chilly at night, but it's going to be nice and warm during the day. Yeah. And we don't have the big rainstorms here that we do in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> the, the hound hunters aren't as prolific in the fall. Um, well, they can't run them when the big game seasons are going on, you know, the deer and elk and stuff like that. Gotcha. So you really don't have a lot of competition. And the bears in the fall, as you probably know, Mm-hmm. want to eat all day every yeah. day yeah. and they'll put a hundred pounds on those last couple months yeah. um, before sure. hibernating and so one thing can be assured when you have a bear that's coming into your bait in october he they're regardless of how old they are they're fat yeah <laughs> yep. that's for sure and so they look better for pictures <laughs> yeah for sure yeah they're almost but a little receptive no, <laughs> yeah yes that you have to really pay attention because they all look huge. They all have bellies dragging to the floor. Yep. <laughs> and you know, that's what everybody is taught to, you know, does it have a low hanging belly and yeah. no neck and yep. you know, stuff like that. That's You're terrible like, well, yeah. advice. <laughs> the two year old that, that the guy shot also had a low hanging belly and no neck. <laughs> exactly. That's terrible. advice. He's basically really... like a chick. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is such bad advice. I've heard that so many times. It's like, I've seen, I've seen a yearling that just looks I mean, just like that. It's like, this is a, you know, this bear's going to weigh, I don't know. I don't know what it'll actually weigh, right? But it's not going to be over 200 pounds. And it's a yearling. No, no. And it's a yearling. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But you have nothing to judge it against. And exactly. just a bear walking through the trees that's fat will always look bigger than it is. Yep, for sure. For sure. 
That's why that's really the sole reason I use a 55 gallon barrel Mm -hmm. um, is just for those judging purposes. Yeah. You know, if we're back in the day when we were really trophy hunting, if I always just say, if, if I can't put that bear in the barrel and close the lid, it's a shooter. Yeah. And, and if I can pick that bear up and throw it in there a couple times and get the lid closed, then it's probably not a shooter. Yeah. So, sure. Um, but mm-hmm. with the kids, I'm not nearly as picky. No, I'm worse. You know, I don't have them shooting anything little or, you know, none yeah. of those micro bears or anything. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, there's the, it's... the best bears are those five to six year old boars that aren't quite fully matured, but they're plenty big enough to yeah to shoot and eat and everything else. And exactly. um, they'll, they'll still come into the bait pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what it, it's funny how like the varying sizes of the yearlings you can get too. Like I've seen yearlings that you know are are getting close to the two hundred pound mark, right? But then I've seen like these like these micro yearlings that they're they're a fully fledged <laughs> year year old bear, but I mean they're like yeah. the size of a Labrador, <laughs> you yep. know, Labrador retriever. It's like what is this? I mean, I, I've never fortunately I've never shot one of those. And I mean, if you're happy right. with one of those, that's great, but that, it's crazy how small some of them can be. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And that's, that's, that's one reason that the, that's why I like, I like bear hunting in general, Yeah. but, um, I love spot and stock hunting. And, um, but the one thing is it's a baiting is a controlled environment yep. for me. Yeah. And so I can tell the kids like, Hey, this bear is going to come in. And you're going to probably think he's a shooter, but he's not. He's he's not big at all. You know, he's maybe 75 pounds, mm-hmm. but he's fluffy and he looks big. Like, so when he comes in at around 5 to 6 p.m., we're not shooting him, but it'll be exciting to see him. Yeah. And that way you can know. Because when in the heat of the moment, when that bear shows up, and I don't care who you are, mm-hmm. you're not even the shooter. That kid's excited. They're ready to go. You're now all of a sudden you've got the adrenaline. You're not paying attention to what bear that is. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I think it's a good bear. You know, you kind of get caught up in the moment as well. Yeah. And, and then, then you end up shooting one that you didn't mean to shoot. And yeah. you know, it's legal. Everything's fine. We're all happy. Right. But we just knew if we waited another 30, 40 minutes, there was a better one coming in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why I love baiting, especially with kids is you don't have to make those split second judgment calls yeah. like you do when you're spot and stock hunting. I mean, when you see a big bear, you see a big bear, you know, it's big, yeah. but yeah. it's those, is it a sow? You know, is that a seven year old sow or is it a four year old boar? You know, you really right. have to have a little bit of time to watch them. Yeah. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. So, unless you get it, unless you're way far away, you know, able to glass it for a long time, you can't tell, you know, and then what happens yeah. if you get up there and, and another bear popped out or something, you know, is that the same bear? <laughs> Always happens. Yeah. <laughs> and, and those things don't sit still for more than five seconds. No, so you no. can watch one, but they'll clear a half a mile in five minutes. And right. it's like, well, are they going to be there when I get there? And if they are, I have to decide, is that the same bear or not? And yeah. you're still put yourself in that, you know, unless you have a friend that stays back and watches them for you and, yep. you know, gives you the hand signal that it's the right bear or whatever. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's stressful and you add that element of bringing a kid along with you mm-hmm. and you're worried about getting them set up. Cause that's a whole different, you know, getting a kid stable on yeah. the side of a mountain is, 
is a chore upon itself and uh, yeah. let alone worrying about if that's the shooter bear or not. So, right. Cause they certainly don't just sit there for you very long. No, no, definitely not. They're just a constantly <laughs> moving eating machine. They're like the, uh, they're like the Roombas of the, of the, of the woods. <laughs> yeah. I always, I, you know, I bring people hunting that don't bear hunt a lot and they're like, well, I don't know if that's a stump or a bear. And I was like, if you've looked at it for longer than 15 seconds and it hasn't moved, yeah, 99% of the time it's not a bear. Yeah, exactly. The only sec- exception to that is if a mature bear is just sitting there at the bait that he, yes. it's his bait and he's been watching. That's yes. Only exception. <laughs> yep. They'll they'll set up shop there. Yep, for sure, for sure. Oh, cool. Well, um. I guess, do you got any closing thoughts? Should probably wrap this up. Let's get to the Bucks game. I got to go eat a bowl of Fruit Loops. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Inside show. No, folks. I just, that was, go, on, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> the Fruity Rubble from Batum 907 yeah. will no doubt make you eat a bowl of Fruit Loops. That is for sure. I was out. It, you can't discern the difference between the two. No, no. I was I was out baiting Wisconsin yesterday, and I loaded this place up with a fruity rubble spray. I think that I think Jess makes that. Is that a thing? I think yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Okay, I yep. think that's a thing. Okay. Yeah, she does have some fruity rebel stuff. <laughs> okay, just want to make sure that was a legit thing. Anyway, <laughs> um, and so I, I was out spraying, spraying that, and I I looked at my buddy that was with me. I'm like, dude, we got to go get something to eat. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I am starving now. <laughs> it it definitely triggers something inside of you that says you're hungry. Yeah. And you're hungry for that, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why, you know, there's a big difference between bait and attracting. Um, yes. yeah. And that's what I always tell people. Bears are very curious animals. Yeah. And that's one reason I, I know it's been used for a long time. I when I started bear hunting originally I had bought this book from this old the, it was about this old timer that had baited in Alaska and mm-hmm. he loved using anise oil because yeah. it wasn't that it's a sweet smell yeah. it's that it's a strong smell mm-hmm. and then it brings them in yeah. um, and and so I've always to this day I still use anise oil plus it's an, a natural oil and so it doesn't wipe wash off when the rain comes or anything else but yeah. um, you do want to get the bears to the barrel yeah. so once they're to the barrel they're, they're they're obviously not eating the the yo-yos and stuff like that no, but no. you know a, a barrel of dog food's not just going to get a bear from three miles away to come in no um but you add that eight pound scent ball of anise oil or fruity rubble and all of a sudden you have bears smelling it from three miles away and they're coming in to find out what's going on and then they realize there's a food source attached to it yeah um so attracting them is much different than the bait. You know, you still have to have a good bait source. Yeah. And uh, so just make sure it's food that, that they like to eat. I mean, I always say they're just like a dog, and so dog food is perfectly acceptable, and you put some of that sweet surrender in, and yep. um, now they're addicted. You know, they like dog food, but they love sweet stuff. Yeah, exactly. Dog food's the cheapest stuff you can find. 
and sweet surrender doesn't cost hardly anything. No. So you it mix go, those two up and now. way too. Yeah. Yeah. You may, yep. I, I forget what the going price for a, for a bag is, but you know, it's really not that expensive, but that one bag will last you for a lot of bait. Yeah. That you can sweeten yeah. out. So. Yeah. I think you can get several hundred pounds out of that. Um, yeah. Easily. And so. It, you know, and once they get that sweet, they know that sugar naturally occurs in the berries and they know that it, you know, yep. just like on me, it turns into fat. And so yep. they, they, that's their purpose in life is to get fat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, so that's, that's what people have to remember. You can't just go put a barrel out without putting some sort of a scent out to bring them in. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're just going to grab those bears that you happen to just set up on top of, you know, yep. within. 400 yards and um exactly and as far as just closing remarks i'd say um you know i've made so many mistakes bear baiting Mm because i started from nothing like i knew nothing and i started reading books and um people think i'm crazy because i wear knee-high boots and i wear rubber gloves Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm checking the bait or checking carts, I don't want any of my scent anywhere near that bait once it's established. Yeah. Um, and people think I'm crazy, but we've gone through all that work. You know, mm-hmm. we, we pack in 800 to a thousand pounds of bait sometimes, mm-hmm. and we take the gas money to get there and the time off of work. And yeah. why not just take that extra couple minutes and whether you think it works or is necessary or not, why not just take a couple minutes and do everything you know, dot the I's, cross the T's, because the first time you have a bear coming in, like I did one time with a with a new hunter, and that bear crossed this log that we had crossed, and he stopped and sniffed that log and took off running. And I looked down at my buddy's shoes, and he's just wearing tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and his scent goes right through those tennis shoes. And yep. it's really discouraging, because you think, we did all of this just to have that happen and watch it happen. There's nothing more discouraging than watching a bear run off. Um, and so just take the extra time, do it right. Um, and just let my lessons and everybody else lessons (laughs) and mistakes use those to your advantage. Cause if you want to get into it and have fun, you're going to have to make your own mistakes, but at the same time, you don't have to make the extremely dumb one. Um, and get on the Facebook page, the North American Bear Hunters page, and uh, you'll see me because I po- I like posting on their bears or my passion, and um, you know, shoot me a message if you have quite. I get every week I get four or five new messages about people that either set baits and they're not getting bears, or they're wondering where they should set or whatever. And I love that. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So uh, whenever people are getting into the into the whole bear hunting thing. I'll do whatever I can to help them and answer their questions. So, mm-hmm. um, use, use the resources out there. Cause I went through several years of no resources and yep. not getting a bear. So. Yeah, exactly. I basically did the same thing as you. I, uh, started out with little to no knowledge and, uh, after my first year of failure, my second year of, just barely getting a bear, honestly, by blind, dumb luck. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, but, but then I learned from that, and, you know, by this third year, it was like, 
okay, now I'm getting it. And then the, by the next year, it was like, okay, I really got this. But, you know, just you got to make your own mistakes. But, but yeah, I agree. So to add on to that, the one thing I want to say is, well, two points. First off, people, when you're hunting, people think of scent, you know, like, oh, they winded me and stuff, right? But there's another element to scent, and that is you got to think about tracking dogs, right? Tracking dogs mm -hmm. follow people by the scent they left when they were walking hours away or, you know, hours ago, days ago even, Yeah. right? Bears yep. can smell way better than a bloodhound, okay? So if you're walking around, this bear can easily track, and they do, they track you all the way. I've had, I, I posted a video on my Instagram, uh, I think it was last year, of, um, of how a bear tracked me three quarters of a mile, that same trail I was walking, I told you about where they were earlier in the podcast where yeah. um, they, they sat and were the watching me. <clears throat> yeah. they, they literally tracked me three quarters of a mile out there. I had bear tracks go all the way to my truck. So they, they yep. know exactly what you're doing. They follow your scent trail. So, you know, that's one detail. Rubber boots are, are huge. That's, that's a big one. But, you know, it's the little details. They may seem little like rubber gloves, rubber boots, um, you know, don't visit your tree stand, you know, all the, don't walk by your tree stand when you're baiting or don't go there all the time yep. or these little details, right? But if you start doing these little details, they add up to a lot. And I think that's what separates um, people that are very successful and people that are averagely successful is taking these little details and they all add up to a mountain. So, yep, hmm. it, it's all those, every single little thing counts because yep. I, I always like to say bear hunting is whoever makes the first mistake yep. wins. Yep. Exactly. And you only get a you only get a couple mistakes on either side. With, yep. You know, if it's that big bear, <clears throat> I guarantee mm -hmm. you he's only going to make a couple mistakes a year. Yep. And you need to be there and ready to capitalize on it. Yep. But if you make a mistake, he's going to capitalize on it, and you're never going to see him again in the daylight. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, I have guys that just tell me, you know, I I wear an old cotton shirt to put my bait in every year. You know, and I'm doing my trips back and forth from the truck to the bait to the truck to the bait. Yep. And at the end of it. I hang my shirt up on my, on my tree stand, you know, on the ladder or whatever. And because those bears will walk by the tree stand, inevitably it's going to happen. Yeah. And they'll stand up or, you know, they'll, they'll sniff. Well, they're smelling me every yeah. single time they come into the bait and it might delay them from coming into the, you know, it, some people think, you know, you're running them off. Well, they're going to come into that bait eventually because that smell is always going to be there and they're going to realize there's just nobody there. Yeah. And, yeah. but then when you're sitting there, they're just going to get up and they're going to get a nose full of the same exact smell that they've been smelling every day they've been coming in. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, that's just one of those things that I, I learned about early on that, you know, this old guy, I worked for him. And so I tried it and it worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just say it works, you know, I don't, whether I need to do it or not, why not do it? It takes a couple seconds. Yeah. And so, you know, it's nothing, no big deal. So right. um, I just don't, I don't let people come to my bait and wear tennis shoes anymore. And I don't, you know, if we're going to hunt it, if you don't have rubber boots on, you're not walking anywhere near that bait that yep. day. You know, yep. you're going to go straight to the stand or wherever we're setting up at. Right. And you're not going to go anywhere near that bait or on the trail that they come in on. Yep.
Exactly. Exactly. So that's whenever you have bears, daytime bears on your camera, but every time you sit it, you don't have any daytime bears. Your tree stand is either you're saying you're either sitting in the wrong spot for the wind or you're leaving way too much scent when you get there. Yeah. Um, it's just not a coincidence that they just don't show up that the days are that you're there. Yeah. So it's not, it just that last little bit of attention to which way is the wind blowing and where are they coming from? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So good stuff, man. All right. Well, I so, appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. This has been extremely informative. So, uh, really appreciate your time and, uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. You'll have to, You'll have to visit Idaho sometime, and I will. I'll show you around, and I for sure will. Um, you just can't you can't spread the word too much, you know. Okay. Oh, okay. So Idaho sucks. Don't go there. Terrible place. Rotten. People are mean. No bears. They're they're the reason they have two tags. They're trying to exterminate all the bears. We've only got a couple of them left. So. <laughs> yeah. Come get the last two. <laughs> Come get the last two. <laughs> <laughs> all right sir no. thanks again all right <laughs> yeah yeah you're welcome thank yep. you yeah see everybody